Hello, Brad fans. What is up? Uh, we've got another In Conversation episode for you today. And this one takes on a bit of a different flavor. Um, and that's because not too long ago, the Department of National Defense reached out to this podcast because they want to discuss and bring to you information about a relatively new program that they've started called Innovation for Defense Excellence and Security. That's the IDEAS program. Uh, the website for this program will be listed on the show description and in the notes, so do check it out. And what the program is, in essence, is a way for the Canadian forces to tap into the innovative ideas and minds in the Canadian public. Um, if you're a researcher, uh, an academic, you have a small startup, or you're part of a major corporation, or even if you're working from, you know, your garage, uh, they want to hear from you concerning challenges to, to problems that they have. So on their website, they have lists of contests, funding opportunities, all sorts of um, problems or challenges that they face that they need solutions to or that they're looking for innovative solutions to. Um, They've set up a number of incentives, such as funding, uh, prizes that can be won, kind of like you've heard of the, um, what was it called, SpaceX Challenge or something like this, you know, where um, researchers compete to see if they can achieve a certain um, benchmark, whether it's unmanned flight or something like this, and then they get the money for that. Um, but basically, it's a way to solicit ideas and innovative solutions from the public for national defense challenges. Um, so do check out the website. It's really interesting. Uh, I had I sat down and chatted over Skype with Chris Brzezinski, the director of the program, and he uh, detailed a lot of information on how it works, who, who they're looking for, which is basically everyone, how to get involved. Uh, and we talked a little bit about some of the subject areas that... Uh, that are open on the website. And I think that even if you're not so much interested in applying for one of these or you have ideas or anything like that, it's interesting to go to the website and just see what sort of areas the these challenges fall under. There, was, I was surprised um, by a few of them, uh, some cybersecurity stuff, which is maybe not so surprising, but tracking space debris, things like this. And it really gives you a picture of what the military in Canada is up to a lot of times we think it's just overseas deployment but you know they do a lot in terms of helping uh citizens at home with natural disasters those living in remote communities things like this so it's interesting just to check out go there and look uh, on the tab on the right of the page that's current opportunities future opportunities past opportunities to see all the categories of things that they're looking for and the specific challenges that they are uh, looking for solutions to uh, one that we spoke about specifically uh, is called Pop-Up City Integrated Energy Water and Waste Management Systems for Deployed Camps. So they're looking for proposals on how to make their deployment camps better in terms of getting energy, managing water and waste. Uh, that contest is now open. It will culminate in a grand prize of $2 million to develop a scalable prototype for one of these relocatable temporary camps. Uh, so if you've got an idea or you know someone that works in this area, let them know. Let them know to listen to this and let them know to go to the website. 
Um, it was a really great uh, conversation. Everybody from the Department of National Defense was super nice, really accommodating. Uh, Chris was lovely to speak to. So before I get to the conversation with Chris Brzezinski, uh, I have to mention, of course, Featherposter.com. Featherposter.com uh, is where you can get 36-inch by 48-inch canvas posters printed and shipped to you within Canada in one to three business days. Why would you want a poster? A canvas poster? Well, because they're lightweight, foldable, uh, they don't tear, and they don't crease. What you put on that poster is up to you. Uh, I'm thinking that some of you out there go to research conferences and had to have made a research poster before, and you put it on those giant poster sheets and laminated it and then had to carry around that terrible poster tube in order to bring that to your conference. You can avoid all that with featherposter.com. Uh, you can get these canvas posters. They look great, high quality, high resolution. They don't crease, they don't tear. You can fold it up and fit it into a laptop bag, your carry-on bag, a backpack, doesn't matter. Makes traveling much, much easier and they look great. Um, Simon, the co-founder of featherposter.com will be on an upcoming episode and he did he did say what you put on it is your choice if you want to get your face put on there as i have said i do he will do that um and if you do decide to do it use to brad the promo code to bet to brad t-w-o-b-r-a-d at checkout you'll get ten dollars off um it's a great service simon's a great guy so i highly recommend you checking it out featherposter.com and with that, we're going to move on to the conversation uh, with Chris Brzezinski, the director for the Ideas Program from the Department of National Defense. Freak Motifs are going to bring us in with a bit of music, and then you'll have it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for reaching out and thanks for setting up the call. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the program, but I think, you know, uh, most people, you know, I for sure was one of them, had never heard of this program before. So why, I think it probably makes sense to just start with, you can give us sort of the, you know, what it's all about, uh, the name and what you guys are, what you guys are up to. Perfect. So I'll, I will start with a little bit of the history at the Department of National Defense um, has always, it's the largest department in Canada, a government department, and it's always had a strong uh, science and technology program. So we call that the internal program. It's about 1,300 people across six geographic locations in the country. Each one of those labs has a specific scientific specialty or two, uh, all towards uh, building defense capability. Those labs, uh, in terms of science and technology, um, produce uh, amazing work that is then used to collaborate with allied nations that have similar interests in their defense departments. To that matrix of what we call the build and collaborate parts of our world, uh, we added something which is the access mode, the Innovation for Defense Excellence and Security program. So what we wanted to do was build another tool that allowed us to access more and more of the innovation ecosystem, particularly in the in Canada. So in uh, 
Department of National Defense, uh, a couple of years back, they launched a new policy called Strong, Secure, Engaged, which defined the, the mission uh, for the Department of National Defense for, uh, for the foreseeable future. Inside that uh, document um, was an initiative to launch an innovation program called IDEAS. Uh, we proceeded with that, uh, and in uh, in February of uh, 27, pardon me, in the November of 2017, uh, we received approval to start this program, which is funded at 1.6 billion dollars over a 20-year period. Uh, we had our official launch in April of uh, 2018, uh, and we launched the program um, in this uh, in this domain. The, re the reason for the program, as I talked about this build collaborate access model, is we're really trying to reach out to everyone who has a concept, an idea, a solution to a defense or security problem that we are publishing. For sure, we're working on all the pertinent priority problems inside our own labs, collaborating with allies. Really, the access program is everybody else, what do you think your potential solution is in a generic way to these problems that we are facing? So if it's a big data problem, for example, many industries face the, the necessity to process big data, make sense of it. Defense has a similar problem, a similar challenge. And so we're trying to learn from each other. We have problems. We want to make sure everybody in Canada who has a solution that could be applied to defense and security has a window in to that environment. Right. Okay. So if I'm understanding, you know, the, the Department of Defense already has labs. They're already working on some of these things. But this program then is a way to sort of tap into, you know, the potential for solutions or research outside of your already established labs. You have it, Deb. For sure, in those programs, we already engage many Canadian researchers, academics, small and medium enterprises, large companies, individuals, etc. What we're trying to do is just similarly based challenges, uh, just publish them in a way that they're more approachable from anyone from any domain. So someone working in health sciences may say, I'm working on this capability, machine learning, for example, to process large amounts of data. I could then apply my expertise to a defense and security problem as equally well as I could to a healthcare problem. So we're trying to just bring out everyone who has an interest in solving problems by exposing some of the problems we would like to work on. Okay. So yeah, it's a way of just sort of, I guess, getting, getting new ideas, getting, you know, ideas outside of your own, um, your own box, I guess, thinking outside of the box, I guess. But I'm wondering, um, you know, what was the, was this, did, did, you know, you said you started the program in 2017. So was there a real need? Like, did you, did you kind of identify that, look at, hey, we need to start, you know, getting new ideas here. We're maybe falling behind in some way. Like, what was the, what was the inspiration behind, you know, reaching out and putting out these these calls? I think, uh, I mean, for sure, we want to engage everyone who has great ideas. There's an amazing amount of capability in Canada. We wanted to tap into it. In general, um, over the uh, period of history, federally funded research has declined, and there is a larger percentage of all research in Canada done outside of federally funded research. We wanted to make sure that we tapped into that 
what we determine is there's sort of 80% of all research in Canada is not funded by federally funded uh, resources. And so we wanted to make sure that we tapped into that tremendous wealth of knowledge and expertise that is well-funded uh, and make sure that anyone who is interested in solving problems that are common, uh, anyone who's interested in working for defense and security, we make it approachable for them. But uh, grosso modo, there's a lot of research being done in the country uh, that we wanted to make sure that uh, we tied to defense and security. Mm -hmm. So I think that's maybe also like kind of a surprising note for people to think, because I think uh, a lot of folks, when they would think of research, um, would tend to think that it's publicly funded. You know, um, so that might be surprising to, for some to hear that most research is not. Is that sort of common? Uh, is that just kind of the way of the world these days? That's the way it's going. And so you guys recognize that and then, yeah, basically, you know, it's time to get on board with a, with a different model. Hey, I, I think we, we just wanted to recognize that there is so much valuable research being done in Canada. Uh, we wanted to just provide that opportunity to make sure that people's amazing ideas in a totally different domain could apply to defense and security. So literally, um, the, the name ideas for the program is an acronym to describe what it is, but it literally is a shop for those ideas. We, we think there's amazing stuff going on. Um, have you ever considered helping us solve a defense capability or defense problem? So one of the pillars of the program is, is really that outreach effort. Make sure everybody in the country knows defense is publishing challenges that you can easily access, understand, and start to apply your expertise over time. Uh, we hope those develop into, uh, into something that provides a defense capability. Yeah, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um... So you got, you're really just kind of putting it out there like, hey, we're, you know, maybe it's the wrong terminology there, but like kind of open for business, I guess. We have, uh, we have issues, we have needs, let's, let's put it out to people and they can kind of flip through and be like, hey, I have an idea for that. I'm, you know, I might be able to help out with this one. And so maybe it's a good time to, to explain how that works. Like where do how do you. How do you communicate this to people? Where do they see these ideas? Sure. So um, we talked about the first pillar, you know, reaching out to everybody. So we have an extensive outreach and engagement strategy that we go everywhere. We talk about the program. We talk about um, the challenges. All of those manifest themselves on the website, which is Canada.ca slash defense dash ideas. Um, easy to find if you if you type in ideas with the lowercase a, um, it typically pops right up. Um, on that website is where we initiate <clears throat> initiate the conversation. Um, we talk about the program, how it works, the mechanisms for funding research, but at bottom line is you there are some tabs there: current opportunities, past opportunities, future opportunities. If you click today on current opportunities. Uh, you'll see that uh, uh, on uh, August 21st, we launched something called a contest, uh, which is a way of uh, asking innovators to come forward with some cool concepts. Um, a number of those will be awarded prizes. If you have a concept we're interested in, we will ask you to participate in subsequent rounds to integrate your technology. Ultimately, we're trying to build a prototype uh, related to the contest. So happy to go into that in some detail. Uh, but to respond to your question, we have five funding elements that we use. 
Um, and each is designed to bring researchers uh, and exploiters together. So um, typically, the bulk of our activity is competitive projects, which are multi-stage contracts. Uh, we put out a challenge. You are given six months and a couple hundred thousand dollars to develop your idea. We put out a challenge. We may start uh, five, 10, 15 efforts on that challenge for six months. At the end of six months, we determine which ones we're still interested in, and we fund them for a second round. Again, trying to move them to become more like ready solutions and find a place to exploit them. That's the bulk of the activity, and we spend about 60% of our effort on competitive projects. Others, we recognize the, the challenge itself maybe is underrepresented in the conversation in Canada in the research domain. So uh, to use an example uh, that we have in, in something called Innovation Networks, um, advanced materials for advanced manufacturing and materials for camouflage and protection. We just wanted to say there's some amazing technologies out there on materials and uh, additive advanced manufacturing methods. How could they apply be applied to the defense case of protection and camouflage? So we think that's an underrepresented conversation. And so we've started Micronets, university-led. He do some research in this area. All of those micronets will grow, come together, and there'll be a core capability in Canada who understands the intricacies of that problem. And at some point we can harvest and put together some development projects related. Uh, I mentioned contests briefly. Uh, the other two tools are uh, Sandbox, which is an opportunity for mature technologies to be uh, relatively mature prototype technologies to be this demonstrated to uh, the Canadian forces and our scientists to get some feedback on how would this apply to defense. And the last tool is uh, more mature. Uh, we, are, we have mature products. We want to buy some and put them in the hands of operators to evaluate for their effectiveness. Are they ready to go or do they need some uh, additional development? So the range of tools spans everything from a concept right through to the testing of a very mature product um, ready to be put into the defense enterprise. So the tools cover that, that full spectrum with a focus on development of ideas in competitive projects. All right. Um, and I know, I think you wanted to, we wanted to, and we will touch on the sort of current contest that's open right now, but if you don't mind, I'd like to just kind of ask a few more things just about like funding or, you know, how the, the, the program itself, because again, you know, these, there's always an issue, I think, or people have an issue in their head of, you know, what, what's the, what's the military up to? What are they building in there? You know, is it secret? Is it meant to be secret? But this really is kind of opening it up, uh, not just for you to get the ideas, but it also allows people to see, yeah, what what sort of issues um, you're faced with and what you need to sort of accomplish and what you guys are accomplishing. Is that, do you guys consider that a benefit from that side of it as well? Just a like a transparency kind of thing? I, I believe so. And I think... You know, there are a couple of things related to challenges. When you talk about the Department of National Defense, I think the initial connotation would draw you to Air Force, Navy, um, you know, that sort of thing, uh, Army in particular. Um, that's the typical. When we put out challenges, and you'll see this on the website in past opportunities, when you look at these SMAP 
smattering of challenges across, you'll find that they're themed a little differently. You'll see a large focus on uh, people and the protection of people and you know fostering, making sure people are well-prepared, well-equipped, et cetera. So you will see challenges from across the defense enterprise, recognizing that we have procurement and finance and policy and material groups and the traditional uh, armed force elements that you, uh, you, you'll be very familiar with. When you look at the challenges, you'll see there's a, a, a smattering of those challenges that, you know, we are interested in how to improve the recruitment and retention of women in the Canadian forces. Um, how do we handle um, lightweight ballistic protection? Um, how do we have process large amounts of data? Do we have a mechanism? Do you have a mechanism that would help us understand what's in a in a video stream, et cetera, et cetera? So we just try to make all of the challenges that we're solving across the enterprise approachable in the way that you can see how your capability might be a good match for it. So we, mm -hmm. we're, we're allowing the innovator to craft the solution where they think they can solve the challenge in whole or in part. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's maybe the interesting thing for, you know, somewhat like the audience that might be listening to this, uh, this podcast is, you know, what are some of those challenges? Like where, you know, you, you don't, maybe you don't necessarily think right off the top of your head that, you know, you're going to be interested in the big data. I mean, obviously it makes sense and maybe that's a terrible example, but what sorts of, yeah, what are maybe the, the areas um, that you guys are looking at or that you need, you know, you're asking for ideas about that the average person wouldn't think of? Yeah, so I guess I, and I did try to portray that a little bit, you know, across the entire enterprise, um, you know, the big data challenge, to use that, that as an example, if it's artificial intelligence applied to big data or a machine learning example, um, that could apply to many domains. It could help us analyze data to do a better job of advertising, recruiting, analyzing video, et cetera. So we're trying to make it somewhat agnostic uh, in that sense, um, because some of those technologies, some of those capabilities apply to every facet of the defense enterprise business. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you scour those challenges, you'll see that there is a, a large diversity across, uh, but you'll, you'll note there are some themes that are related. Um, we are interested in protecting our own people. We're putting our people first, um, accelerating the development of next generation technology. So we do try and theme them so you can sort of see a, 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 you know, a, a bit of a chronological nature to it. Um, sometimes we need to invest in the conversation so we can have projects, so we can have prototypes, so we can buy a piece of equipment and, and examine it. Um, depending on the challenge, depending on your solution, you may have something ready to go we'd love to test. You may have a concept that you're hoping we could be interested in. We're trying to provide a door for all kinds of problems to be solved. So. Um, you know, I think the you know the best place certainly on the on the web you can see the uh, 25 or 30 challenges we put out already would give uh, your listenership a, a, a strong sense of what's to come, etc. There is a future tab there uh, where we try and forecast what's coming up in the next six to 12 months. Um, so we're we're always trying to you know be ahead of it and sort of signal what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm taking a look at like, and I was taking a look at the website. Um... 
and yeah, some of the calls and, you know, competitive projects and stuff. And it does sound pretty interesting. And again, I think there's some things in there that maybe the average Canadian doesn't know, you know, that, that the armed forces are involved in. I'm looking at, you know, tracking uh, and deorbiting space debris. Yeah, sure. So um, inside the Air Force, there's a uh, director general responsible for space. And so um, we have a number of challenges related to space, understanding, you know, tracking the the movement of things that are in space, uh, making sure we understand how to best protect assets up there. And so there's many challenges related to that. Um, there are many, many pieces of uh, of things in orbit that are commercially based. So the, you know, the end, end result is people have ideas that could uh, benefit defense and their application and use in, uh, in that domain. Right. And I guess, you know, I think of, uh, you know, the, the classic Canadian space, you know, image is the, the arm on the shuttle. Um, but that was kind of a private enterprise. You guys are obviously uh, military. So when you're, Getting these technologies and you're working with a, you know, a private entity, say it's acad an academic or something like this, how much of it is, you know, how much of the process then can be shared once you come up with a solution? Are they, is it then the domain of, of the defense, like you guys kind of take it over, or is it something that can also then be translated back into the commercial space? Uh, it's, it's a great question, and I, I think we sort of glossed over it in a, in a previous question. Um, ideas by nature is 100% unclassified. So um, everything we're doing is looking for the pursuit of a great idea, and how would it apply in the defense and security domain? When it becomes something that needs to be applied in the defense and security domain, we have to enter into different sort of engagement. Uh, you know, there needs to be a, a sharing of data at a classified level, et cetera. So we drop out of the ideas program and into the current program, which I described as the build program, where we have the capability of contracting uh, and sharing at classified levels. And, and there's a vetting process, as you would expect, for that to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, as we go to from a great idea implemented in a defense and security environment, there's an element of security that that will be addressed. The the uh, the hopeful notion from the ideas program is there is commercial entities, commercial ideas that will be very successful in the commercial market. If that technology or or your expertise that you you use to develop that very successful commercial stream could take an offshoot into the defense world and solve a defense program, you would be a company, an organization, an entity with a couple of prongs, one which is famous in the commercial space and one which is uh, helping to solve a secure classified issue inside the defense stream. So you'll see, uh, you'll see elements of that uh, across all projects. Right. But like, so someone who's, who's, interested maybe in, in some of the challenges that you guys are facing and think they have a great idea, they need not be worried that their idea is going to get taken or something like or that they won't be able to then apply it, you know, for their own commercial business or something like that. I'm, I guess I'm just saying there's a lot of, uh, it seems like there's a lot of um, cooperation and back and forth. And yep. yeah, I, I appreciate the question. Um, so we talked about classification. Um, protection of intellectual property is something that comes up all the time. By decree, the intellectual property, it, even though we are paying, 
uh, is the property of the innovator. So um, your good idea is your good idea and it remains your intellectual property. We, mm -hmm. the department, reserves the right to negotiate a license to use and have used that intellectual property. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, it is yours um, and we, we negotiate with you to use it. Uh, so that, that speaks to the notion, I have a great idea, it's commercially successful. Um, if I share it with the Defense Department, we just want a license to that technology. We're not going to go into competition and take your idea and mm -hmm. put you out of business commercially, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I could just, you know, like the, the cynical person might be thinking, you know, well, if I, you know, if they want my idea, they'll just swallow it up and then it, you know, gets classified and put in the government, you know, archive somewhere and who knows what will happen to it. But that's really not like that's kind of I don't know, that's really kind of a myth, I guess. For sure. And I think we we do we do address those kinds of questions on the website under our FAQ. So um, if, if there's a answer that's not satisfying there, we will happy to have a look at it. We try to address those proactively so so people know what they're getting into. Um, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, um, this program, um, very accessible. We're trying to be open and access all this amazing stuff going on in the country. Mm -hmm. So then um, the program's been going on for a couple of years now. Where are you finding that a lot of the sort of applications are coming from? Is it a lot of universities? Is it commercial companies? Or are you even getting, you know, the sort of DIY guys in their garage that, you know, have a great idea and, uh, you know, put in a proposal or something? Um, I love this question. It is one of the diversities that's uh, so wonderful about this program. Um, we have a population of people that help us in the defense enterprise, for sure. And there's amazing companies uh, that that form. Ideas gives the opportunity for anyone. So an individual, you, you call them a DIY, but um, an individual could put in a concept that is accepted. Um, we've had numerous um, numerous uh, young people from university programs apply for the program and get their first $200,000 six-month contract as a result of an amazing idea they had. Um, that really yeah, is appealing to us uh, because people see it's accessible, they see it was easy to get in, now they're part of the conversation. To more appropriately answer your question, we have a great distribution from individuals to large companies. Uh, I would say about 50% of our activity is small and medium enterprises, which in Canada is 500 employees or less, and it covers a lot of ground there. Uh, large industry is in the 15, 16% range. Um, academia in the, uh, the mid 20s, 25 to 30%, and then a smattering of individuals, nonprofits, et cetera. So, you know, the big pieces of the pie are small and medium enterprises, large companies, and academics. Yeah, that's kind of what you would, uh, kind of maybe what I would have guessed too, but it's just. Yeah, I was like when I when you guys first reached out and I started looking into the program, it just it really struck me as, you know, uh, like I said, I hadn't heard of it. I thought it was a neat idea and like a, a great way to sort of, you know, we got all these problems. Why not, you know, reach out and see, get as many ideas as we can. Some will work, some some won't. But then as a, you know, I have a background as an academic researcher and for anyone doing research funding is such such a 
you know, that's basically, you're chasing that funding all the time to get your ideas. So to have this as a source that maybe people don't know about or a new source of potential funding, I thought was really interesting. I you know, appreciate that. I, you know, the great ideas need to get funded. And if we're part of that equation, we're very proud of that. Um, the other side, I guess, that we think is very attractive, um, it's not a winner take all. When we put out a challenge, we have started 5, 10, 15 efforts on a challenge, all at $200,000, except up to $200,000, six months. So that doesn't mean it's a winner take all. We will decide there's a nugget of interest here. We want to see where it goes. And we may get off of that funding schedule at some point. The ones that we do proceed with, um, it is, in fact, because we've made the selections the way we have, we can go to a directed contract. So it's not reapplying for funding. You're telling us what you would do with more time and more resources, and we'll go for another year if it's something that we're interested in. So in terms of funding, um, we're trying to sort of take that out of the equation in a sense that you don't have to craft an entire new idea and recompete, et cetera. A good idea, we're trying to get to a place where it feels a little more like it's a continual stream of funding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm just meaning like, you know, from I'm thinking from the, maybe not even so much the academic side, but like a startup business or something like that, that specializes maybe in a niche uh, field or engineering or something like this. And then, you know, they maybe didn't realize that these opportunities we're out there. For sure. And uh, you know, as we do our outreach, uh, you know, we are trying to be everywhere. Uh, we are we are using other government agencies to help promote our message. Um, we are trying to be active. I encourage anyone um, to go to the website and hit our subscribe button. We will email you when it's time for a new opportunity to be launched, etc. So we don't want you to miss anything. Um, mm -hmm. Surf web page. If we change the future opportunities page, we, we want to just let you know there's something coming up. So, um, you know, it's not a deluge of email. It's just a please, you know, there's some new opportunities. Please think about being part of our conversation. Mm -hmm. And so, well, let's, let's then talk about the current, um, the current opportunities that you have right up. I know when you first reached out, I think it was the pop-up city idea that we were that we were talking about discussing so do you want to maybe you know give us the info on that one so as i mentioned the the bulk of our activity is in competitive projects uh, the pop-up city is a contest and the inspiration for this was uh, sort of akin to things like the well-known x prize that you would have seen the ansari x prize uh, says if you leave the ground and achieve this orbit and land back on the ground etc you have achieved this grand challenge, and there's a prize. You get a big check for having done that. The cost of doing that achievement probably outweighs the cost of the prize. So we're, the notion is you don't pay for the development, you pay for the achievement, but in, a, in achieving that goal, um, there's a capability that's uh, created, there's a buzz created around that capability. So in that spirit, we are using a contest tool where we're awarding prizes for, for effort. The pop-up city is a is our first endeavor into that realm. Uh, it's a four-phased contest um, where we're looking at, ultimately the goal is giving the Canadian forces some new ideas on how a deployed uh, temporary camp could be more effective, more functional, et cetera. 
you can imagine there's accommodations, there's kitchens, there's uh, a place to eat, a place to shower, and there's all the supporting infrastructure. The contest we have is with that vision in mind, we're looking for great ideas on how to generate power, how to manage water, and how to manage waste. So those are critical infrastructure pieces that, if done well, become very effective, reduce the logistic burden of supporting an encampment. So the, the contest is Pop-Up City as a vision, uh, three distinct pillars. Uh, the first phase is what are some great ideas around the generation of electricity? What are some great ideas around generation and, and uh, purifying of water, et cetera, and waste? So we have three pillars, three technical domains, and we're awarding 10 prizes of $10,000 each for ideas. Um, this hopefully will bring out non-traditional players, could be mechanical engineers, et cetera, that never thought of, of Canadian forces or building part of a city, but they could be people who have expertise in those three domains. We're making it very accessible for them to say, this would be more effective than what you're doing now, diesel generators, et cetera. So we're awarding the 10 best ideas that come forward. Um, we're awarding those awards. So you put in a submission, we make a decision, a, a check is written. That's the first round. Uh, the second round is we're inviting those now 30, 10 in each, um, to come together and pitch to each other, sort of, uh, uh, you know, a, a dating or a dragon's den kind of uh, capability. Mm -hmm. The notion there is find some partners in the other domains so you can make a submission on an integrated solution that encompasses those three. So there's some synergistic benefits from the waste heat from a from a power generation that might be useful for processing waste, et cetera. So we're looking for integrated solution. And at the end of that, we will pick 10 integrated solutions from the 30 potential uh, solutions. Uh, we'll pick 10 and they win a prize of $50,000. The top three of those, uh, of those will be invited to pursue a contribution agreement with us which is $1.5 million over a period of time to help pay for the development of your integrated prototype. Uh, so that's round three. And at the conclusion of that, those three prototype systems will be evaluated. Who did the best job with uh, fuel in, waste out? And uh, the winner of that uh, receives a $2 million prize. Wow, okay. It seems like a, a, a neat... Um you know, model of whittling down. So you get the ideas and then from the best ideas, they then have to work together to, to put it together. So you're really kind of putting it to them with, uh, with making it all work. But I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, in terms of like the actual technology, the issue, I mean, I think this is one that people could probably wrap their heads around, you know, the forces are deployed all around the world in different areas. This is a, you know, you could see how they might you know, need this technology. But again, thinking about then, you know, the idea that comes out of it, you know, we get this great prototype of you know, power generation, waste stuff. Um, this is something that the forces could use in the field abroad. But is there, would there be a need for a similar thing uh, in Canada? My, my personal opinion would be yes. Uh, there are rural communities that would benefit from a better mechanism to generate power, maybe uh, more reliable, more efficient, et cetera. And so I think that's true across the board. 
uh, you could think of, uh, you know, disaster relief, remote camps, remote uh, rural living people. If we can improve qualities of life, give them opportunities to, uh, uh, you know, I think commercially you could imagine some sort of uh, systems available that would help people just have better qualities of life. And I think commercially we see examples of that all the time. Uh, again, we're trying to harvest some of that uh, towards a specific uh, defense and security need here. But then the idea, like kind of what we discussed before, it's like the knowledge transfer could go back into the private or, you know, you could use it, um, you know, outside of the, the military. So I think it's just, I'm just thinking about like, you know, the, the, the pros of this kind of, you know, just idea, you know, brainstorming, getting everything going. It's not just, you know, it's not just going to be for soldiers in the field. There's going to be greater benefit, I guess, is what I'm pointing at. I would suggest yes, and I think some of our participants will be people with new ideas and people who do this for a living. There are people who do amazing power generation solutions already. Um, we're just going to try and tie them all together. So in the principles of, of ideas, we're reaching out to everybody who's currently in our inventory, if you like, trying to add to that population, and we're trying to foster them working together to come up with even better solutions. So diversity, partnering, new players to the game, uh, those principles I think are all embodied very well in the contest. Um, the other area that I was kind of thinking about when, you know, it was specifically relating to, you know, the issues that are brought up in this uh, pop-up pop city uh, challenge contest, um, power generation, you know, reducing waste, I'm assuming that the the forces are coming at it from a perspective of, you know, being able to sustain their people uh, safely, uh, you know, efficiently in the field, that kind of thing. But is there, and maybe you don't have a, um, a direct answer for this, but I'm wondering, you know, with the climate debates and talks that are going on, is that uh, an issue for the forces as well? Is like, can we do this in a reduce our the impact that we're having uh, on the ground in certain places or is that sort of just secondary we have to worry about safety and whatnot first and if we can be cleaner then great yeah i guess i i wouldn't necessarily be able to speak to that but i think as canadians as people in the department of defense uh, i think we're all very interested in making sure our operations are um, as low environmental impact as possible in the contest for example we are for sure, we'll be meriting things that have a, a low environmental footprint, uh, you know, show noticeable reduction in the use of hydrocarbons, et cetera, et cetera. So those are built in um, mm -hmm. into, our, uh, into our program. In the way we theme challenges overall, <clears throat> all, everything we do is related to defense capability and improving the entirety of the enterprise. So there is an entire directorate responsible for infrastructure and the environment, and they put in challenges routinely through this program. And their focus is on green and clean, low power, better, uh, better efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. As a, as a organization in the department, that is their mandate. It's everyone's responsibility to think about their operation at all times that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, and for I example, even in procurement, we, we have an obligation to buy the, 
the best, cleanest, most sustainable piece we can find. And I would think that, uh, like you said, those kind of concerns, maybe, you know, the, the classic climate concerns are sort of baked into the ideas already because it would just make sense to be looking at that that future that is, you know, the way things are going. So you might, you want to be prepared to not be so reliant on different sources of fuel or have a source of fuel that's, you know, maybe more readily like solar or something I'm thinking off the top of my head. Does that make sense? For sure. So, you know, it is it is baked in, but certainly that organization, as an example, um, will be putting challenges. I know there's some stuff coming up very much related to, uh, you know, reducing hydrocarbon dependency, mm -hmm. etc. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, well, I mean, I'm curious and I think that, like I said, the listenership maybe for this podcast, I think there's going to be some people listening that will definitely check out the website and say, OK, this is, you know, Maybe there's a challenge out there that I can get involved with. But I think there's another you know, half, maybe the folks that aren't involved in research themselves, but come here to hear about really cool technologies and research that's going on. Is there something you can share with us, like a, some, some stuff that's made it through the process that you guys are excited about, a technology that's maybe being implemented or close to being implemented? Um, sure. It, you know, in general, it's it is early days. We we did launch in April last year, and so we've gone through twenty five or thirty challenges that have just started to deliver uh, the fruits of that first bound of contracts. Um, what I would focus on is, <clears throat> pardon me, what I'll focus on in terms of a what are we actually implementing is uh, next month on September 9th, our sandbox starts. And I think uh, you probably would have seen that on the, uh, the website. There's mm -hmm. a sandbox in, uh, in Alberta with the notion of counter unmanned vehicle systems. So how do we detect drones, unmanned vehicle systems, and how do we defeat them? Companies and organizations, about a dozen of them are coming together to show us their ability to detect and what solutions they would provide to uh, counteract them, uh, counteract their effect. So it's an example of very tangible, there's an interest by D&D and others in how do we understand, you know, these, this whole new thing of, of uh, drones flying in our commercial residential airspace. And so the defense application is, is probably quite obvious. Uh, but it's ubiquitous. It's a technology that applies everywhere. So some of these entities coming to the sandbox to show us what they're after may or may not have had defense on their radar, uh, but we're opening that opportunity for them to say, this is what we do. Is this interesting to defense? So it's an opportunity in a very tangible way for that conversation to start. Um, again, all ideas challenges are open 100% from individuals to large corporations. So your listenership that uh, has good ideas, and many, many people do, um, I would challenge you to look at our challenges and see how your idea might be a solution in whole or part to one of those big challenges. So I, I make a claim, I've never been stumped when I talk to people at trade shows and conferences that Whatever you work on, there's always a challenge that is somewhat related. And I think there's always a way to imagine how you could become part of the conversation. Administratively, uh, applying to a challenge is a, a 15 you know, word limited document, ends up being uh, you know, four or five pages, a couple of tables, and a few hours of your time. You are in the conversation about 
how your idea might help defense. So uh, I don't think the administrative burden is is big to get in the conversation. So the, the guy that's been building some kind of drone or some kind of drone defense system in his garage should get in touch with you. <laughs> you bet. The, uh, and the, the way to get in touch is, um, you know, those challenges are, are many. And I think if you can find your way into a challenge, um, a lot of people read those submissions, making the, making the decisions on which ones to pursue. Um, so a good idea will get talked about and will, uh, you know, it'll be part of the conversation, which is really what you want. Um, and if there's something that's directly in your wheelhouse and you happen to hit the timing, great. It's the reason why we publish current and future. And we also show you what we did in the past and who won those contracts. So you can consider, hey, I wasn't in the game, but I can see who won. Maybe I'll give them a call and see if they're interested in my technology. So we, we encourage people to mine, the, mine that data uh, for those reasons. Find your partners, uh, find, out, you know, find out who is your competition. All right, so like you said, it's early days, so maybe there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, cool drone fighting technology that we that we have right now to talk about but is there areas um and i mean this kind of goes back to what i was i think talking about a little bit at the beginning um but is there areas that like you personally are like really excited about you see the calls coming up and you're like oh wow this is going to be really cool or is there areas where you think specifically the forces are are looking at saying you know we are behind in this area we need to we need to focus on that you know maybe it's like cyber or uh space yeah the drones autonomous stuff what are you seeing what are you uh what is the yeah, sense uh, you know as a program person um you know it's out of my wheelhouse to comment on what i think is the best thing and uh, and i'm certainly not going to favor one uh, one specific effort over another but mm -hmm. um as i see as we go to these meetings where we discuss the results of the evaluation, which are done by scientific staff and Canadian Forces members, and we come to consensus on those, they're presented at a strategic board that we sit on to make those funding decisions. Um, I am absolutely gobsmacked at the diversity and the creativity that comes in the door on a challenge. There may be a preconceived notion that this is the solution. I think we all have sort of those biases, um, I would say across the board, and, and if you look at you know the first 16 challenges, which were which were very diverse, um, we're just amazed at the the creative solutions that have come forward um, in ways that um, you know it could change the game. If this works, um, that's what we should be doing. Maybe we sh you know maybe we'll stop doing what we were doing. This is the next great thing, etc. So. Um, you know, as a commentary, I guess that's that's where I would leave it is um, absolutely broad diversity of answers to the same question and uh, very, very creative. So I think we're on to something here, um, just ha trying to harness the, uh, the creativity. I, I would be remiss if I wouldn't suggest this is a direct complement to the work that's going on inside our current programs already. We have an amazing network of scientists and labs that do great work. They are creative, they are innovative, they are right on top of things. And given that you ask the same question to a bunch of other people, you're gonna get some more answers. That's the beauty of this is, can we find something that's complementary, synergistic, 
or potentially in some cases replace what we thought was the direction. So um, it really is that fish for ideas. It's a lovely way to uh, to to call the program, uh, calling it ideas. Yeah, and I guess you know, I, I appreciate that you can't uh, you know give us your favorite or give us too much information on the you know what's what's happening right now. But I would like to ask about a specific just because uh, my background was in um, uh, infectious diseases and I'm just interested if you have any um, you know, programs in that area uh, or any maybe upcoming contests or something like this how active is the Department of Defense in 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 those areas you know sort of looking at the next pandemic or these kind of issues. Yeah, I'm a little bit outside my wheelhouse for sure, but um, in the department, we do have health services, we have medical research going on for sure. And you'll see some of those challenges. Sometimes they manifest themselves as CBRN, uh, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear defense writ large. Uh, and so there's detection, there's protection, there's, uh, you know, the, the treatments, etc. And so you see that theme across across many. Um, but yeah, there certainly is a is a very active research community uh, around protecting the forces, um, making sure they have the right equipment. We know where the threat is, we have the right equipment, we know how to protect and treat, etc. So, um, so yeah, it's an active community. We see smatterings of challenges in our in our work. Um, at some point, some of this stuff becomes, you know, defense specific for sure. Um, and I think there's tremendous collaboration that goes on between departments uh, uh, in terms of sharing and and what needs to be done. So, so sometimes, you know, depending on uh, your background, uh, sometimes the mandate for that specific thing isn't defense, but we would be a very interested receptor in the research that comes out of yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, I think of it too, just because, again, this, this is my background, and I know that uh, the Canadian, some of the Canadian labs in, uh, I believe the federal labs, uh, were involved in some of the um, Ebola treatments, and it's just a, a nice uh, little tip of the hat to Canadian researchers that they're, they've been involved in some big things and, and you know, bringing these things and helping people around the world. For sure. And I, I think defense has been a, is a, been a very active player in, in equipment evaluation, protection. Uh, what does it mean for uh, Canadian forces people? Uh, you said it well. There are many government institutions that are focused on health research. Um, the granting agencies, et cetera, do, do some great work. Um, we're absolutely, our scientists are absolutely tied into all that stuff. Uh, to be aware and to advise the Canadian forces on what's the what's the right direction to to take from a uh, from a scientific perspective. Um, my next uh, kind of line of of thought is when you're um, coming up with the challenges. You know, like we you you obviously the forces has a list of things. I'm sure you know these are the areas that we need to to work with or the, that we need to improve on. These are the, the challenges that we're facing. How much input do you get from uh, allied countries in terms of what they're looking at? Should we be looking at the same things? And is there collaboration um, in, a pro in some of the challenges like this? For sure. So speaking to the ideas issue, um, we survey each department, each organization in the department, and they give us their challenges and high list which are their biggest priorities. Um, for sure, those are informed from their own networks. 
uh, from their collaboration with international defense players. And from a science perspective, we do the same. We have our scientists who inform from their science perspective what they collaborate with uh, other players in the domain space, et cetera. Everybody's trying to bring their intelligence towards informing what do we need to do, what's the uh, the right thing to do inside our own program, where should we go out for additional help. So it's a, uh, it's a real balancing act, but uh, I would be confident in suggesting that everybody at the table who's talking about priorities is well informed by their own uh, their own networks in their domain of expertise. And then with this, um, just I guess uh, in a similar vein, um, it would this be the contests and whatnot? Would it be open to people outside of Canada, or is it like sort of Canadian companies, Canadian citizens, sort of thing only at the moment? Um, I like this question. Canadian content is is always a discussion in in competitive projects. And as example. Um, we, we set a 50% Canadian content rule, which says we would love to have the solution be Canadian, but at the end of the day, our job is to help find a defense capability that is right. If it's not Canadian, um, we ask people to organize their affairs to be at least somewhat Canadian. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, those rules apply, um, as we get to higher levels of readiness, you know commercially available products, if the best thing is not Canadian, there is public policy in place that uh, that says we can buy a foreign piece, but um, there is a Canadian benefit that needs to be derived. So um, so in general, um, we, we are looking in ideas uh, because we're very early stage, uh, we're looking for Canadian ideas to come forward and leverage, use this program to leverage their capability towards a strong Canadian defense, comma, economic benefit for Canadians. All right. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, for, for me, looking at the program, like I said, I think it's interesting. I'm, you know, being the, the sort of science uh, reporter that I am, I am always interested in the technologies, in the what's going to happen. Uh, but it sounds like we might have to wait and see to get the specifics of that. Do you guys um, plan to or are you like, I know you said on the website there's the past opportunity so you can see who won and stuff like this. But are we going to get a chance to see um, some of these, you know, technologies in action? And will that be, you know, disseminated, you know, uh, in, a, in a broader way? For sure. So I, you referred to the past opportunities. You can see who won some of our initial contracts you'll start to see a growth of people who have advanced to a next stage of development. Um, it is at that point we'll make, uh, we are starting to do success stories on this technology that we're now funding. Um, looks like it could lead to this. And we'll have sort of, you know, one page tear sheets on, on projects or in a theme so that we can sort of roll up the success stories um, and for sure, those are those are under production now. It's just a matter of uh, letting results come in, uh, making sure that uh, those results, uh, you know, have a home, et cetera. So, um, so yet to come, it's a little bit early days, but we're very excited. Uh, we would use the phrase, the pipeline is is nicely full, and uh, there should be uh, good results coming out the end uh, for sure. We're very encouraged by what we see at the front end. Um, so we're very excited about our future for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with you know, it's the program's been two years, and research generally t 
takes a while, <laughs> a lot longer than two years to go from idea stage to uh, a prototype or something working. But that's definitely something that I'll be looking at just to see, you know, what kind of neat things come up. I know um, a lot of science podcasts, a lot of people that are consuming these these kind of things or interested in these topics are always looking for the YouTube videos of, you know, what's the cool robot they're working on or, or whatever it is, you know. So you guys are going to, you know, start putting some of that stuff out there as it comes as it comes along and we'll be able to find it on the website or do you have other channels that you uh, disseminate? Uh, for sure. So the website is a great launch point that we are using social media and we'll use social media in the, in the future and you'll start to see those products uh, come forward. So, uh, you know, social media is, is quite active. You'll see a lot of activity currently around this challenge, that, that challenge, here's an announcement, etc. Um, on those same sorts of triggers, you'll start to see some of the uh, the results coming forward if they're tear sheets or videos, et cetera, but uh, for sure. So all, right. all, the links, all the links to that stuff uh, will be on the website and our uh, public affairs team um, will uh, make sure that that stuff is posted right away. Okay, great. And I'll, you know, I'll provide a link to the website for my listeners uh, in in my stuff so they can always you know find it through through there uh, as they're listening to this. Um, but I guess, you know, like that, I don't have a whole lot of uh, other specific questions for you, but I guess I would just say like, what's the message that, you know, the take home message that you want to get to Canadians about, you know, this program and about just in general, what the forces are doing uh, and what they need in, in terms of, you know, not just ideas from the public, support from the public, something like this. I guess, uh... I appreciate the opportunity. The uh, first of all, thank you for uh, putting the link on your website. That'll be uh, much appreciated. We appreciate that, and hope people will drive themselves to our website. Mm -hmm. In terms of in terms of the the takeaway, um, you know, we all start at in the Department of Defense at the at the policy strong, secure, and engaged. Strong is about uh, strong in Canada, and this program is an opportunity to harvest the amazing intellectual property in the country towards a defense and security benefit. So we're very, very proud. And our pillars are all about recruiting people into the, into the program, funding them, giving them a place to land in terms of exploitation. In that fundamental, um, Canada's defense in this enterprise is strong, comma, there's an economic benefit for Canada. Those are the two things we report on in terms of performance of the program. Um, and uh, I think this program is doing a great thing to uh, to bring more of those people more canadians towards the uh the important role of the defense plays in the in the country all right well uh i'll just say again thank you for reaching out thanks for taking the time to talk to us about this um and yeah i guess to the listeners i would say maybe you never thought you could uh uh help out the military Maybe you thought that your your expertise was was not what they were looking for, but it sounds like there's a lot more going on than just, you know, the classic things that we think about. Most appreciated. I uh, thank you for the time and uh, the opportunity to explain in some detail. I hope it's value. Right on. Okay. Thank you very much, Chris. All right. There you have it. Conversation with Chris Brzezinski from director of the ideas program check it out if you're interested the website is in the show description and show notes 
We'll tweet about it as well. As always, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at 2 red for you. Took me a minute to remember that there. And uh, you can also hit us up on Instagram at that uh, address as well. And my Twitter handle, Instagram handle is at bvamparadon. As always, thank you to the Freak Motifs, to the Freak Motif for their music. And thank you to Sebastian Abood for the logo. And of course, thank you to you, the listener. Hope you had enjoyed it. Like I said, we will be back uh, with more regular episodes. Uh, my co-host Brad should be back shortly. And we also have some more in-conversation ones coming up. I have a bunch scheduled and they will be coming out in the next couple weeks. So subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, give us a rating. That always helps. Tell your friends if you want. Now I'll tell your friends. Please do tell your friends. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>